welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, former chronic illness sufferer turned trusted health practitioner. My passion is helping people to identify and address the root causes of their symptoms through my online business, Viva Natural Health. If you're struggling with confusing or stubborn symptoms that just won't go away despite your best efforts, then you're in the right place. If I can heal from a long list of symptoms and conditions, including cystic acne, hair loss, severe food reactions, and brain fog, then you can heal too. Stay tuned for weekly episodes that share expert guest interviews, Q&A, and solo episodes that are all intended to help you wherever you're at on your healing journey. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only, and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Olivia Marie, who is also known as Keep Up With Liv on Instagram. And in this episode, we're going to discuss a few different subjects, but they all actually connect together. And this is somatic healing, feminine energy, and money manifestation. So for those who don't know, Liv is a naturopathic doctor and 7D healer, psychic, intuitive, trauma healer, and so much more. She helps people heal on a physical and emotional level so that they can feel delicious in the body and step into their abundant life. She passionately shared her recipes online for years, and she saw how much food is medicine and how much food can help you to heal but now she goes beyond just that and now bridges the somatic and emotional trauma work with recoding the nervous system in order to step into full health this is the missing puzzle piece when healing with food and herbs only take you so far so in this episode we discuss Liv's journey to become a naturopathic doctor and then a healer and all of these other things that she does along the way we discuss the difference between talk therapy versus somatic therapy, what that actually means and what you can expect during a session. What is trauma and some common examples of that, because it's not just the big T traumas that we hear about and most people are familiar with. There's so many other examples of trauma that might be affecting you and probably is because we all have it to some degree. Why our relationship with money is important and ways to get back into your feminine energy and stop emasculating men. So she shows how to have that polarity with your partner if you're in a heterosexual relationship, the importance of that, because so many women these days are more in their masculine energy because we've literally been forced that way because of things like birth control pill, um, the patriarchy, uh, being having that modeled to us from our mothers or our grandmothers when women could start working for the first time. We've kind of just swung the other way a lot of us and it's really starting to affect our hormonal health and so many other things so this is such a good episode I can't wait for you to hear it and learn all about this stuff and like I said they're all connected so enjoy this episode with Liv. So welcome Liv to the podcast and I can't wait to hear about your story your journey from a naturopathic doctor how you got into that initially but then how you've transitioned into this kind of multi-passionate practitioner um, with who deals with all the things. So yeah, could you share a little bit about your your story? Of course. Well, first off, thank you for having me. I am so excited to just chat with you. I love chats like this just with other women who are kind of like like-minded doing the same kind of stuff and really trying to help women heal and live better lives. So 
My name is Liv. I on my journey, but I'm going to keep this as a cold note. So I used to struggle with chronic illness, maybe like five, seven years ago, exhausted, no matter what, hard to get out of bed, horrible cystic acne, debilitating anxiety, panic attacks, bloating, gut issues. Like no matter what I ate, it was horrible. You know, I was doing the food intolerance test. I was intolerant to 180 foods. Like there was very little foods I could eat where I wouldn't completely flare, possibly have anxiety. Plus I was exhausted. It was just, it was a hot mess time in my life. And I felt like there had to be answers. So, you know, I started going to the, I went to the doctor and they had run tests and put me on heart monitors and this and that. And they're like, well, everything's normal. I'm like, well, I don't feel normal. So that's kind of what sparked my whole journey into natural medicine because a friend had recommended that I see a naturopath. And at that point I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm willing to try everything. because like something is off. Something is not working. And so I've been to the naturopath that she recommended. And I remember I can still see me sitting in that chair of that naturopath's office. Cause that was like such a defining moment of my life. I can see the exact office, how it was laid out because it feels like the clouds parted and someone saw me for the first time, understood what I was going through. Ooh, I'm getting full body chills and like also validated what I was going through. Like, Hey, this is not normal. This is probably what's going on. There's hope we can fix it. And this is what we're going to do. And I was just like, wow. And at the time it was really funny because I had taken the MCAT and I was going to go to med school and I was like, why am I going to go to med school? I mean, like there's a time and place for sure, but this naturopathic medicine really resonated a lot deeper for me. And I wanted to help more people that were like me really get to the root cause and, and figure out kind of what it was. So that's what sparked my journey in naturopathic medicine. I went from instead of going to med school to going to naturopathic school instead to really become a practitioner, be able to get to the root cause and, you know, just spend time also with patients. I feel like when you go to the doctor's office, it's 15 minutes in and out. And I was like, well, how do you really get to know someone? How do you get to know their family life, their relationships, this, that, what, what things are going on for them that's contributing to their health. And so that was kind of one of the things I loved about that. And then also healing on a natural way, whether it's food, and I'm sure like you speak about this, healing through food or herbs and things like this. It's there's so much healing that's available to us in a natural means that if we can do it that way, why not do it that way without side effects of other things? And then if, you know, nothing's working, perhaps you need an alternative, like go there. But to me, it's like food and herb, natural medicine first. So obviously I went to school, I graduated with that. And during that time, I was healing my own kind of health struggles, the, the bloating, the acne, the exhaustion that we were talking about. And it got better. I like, you know, did GI map tests. I did the Dutch test. I did all these supplements, IV drips, and did it all. And it was like working, but like not forever. It'd be like work for a bit and then stop. And then work for a bit and stop. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm gluten-free. I'm dairy-free. I don't eat vegetable oil. I'm paleo. I manage stress. I work out. I'm taking all these supplements. What's, what's going on? Like there has to be a deeper answer. And I love all those things. I still take my supplements. I'm a big advocate. Do all that first. But if you do all that and it's not working, that's when it's time to look at more of the emotional somatic route. So that's when I then gradually discovered kind of like emotional somatic healing, which involves more of the energy that's trapped in your body when you don't properly express your emotions. And when that energy gets trapped, it can lead to physical symptoms. And then through doing somatic work and kind of trauma healing, that's when my symptoms completely resolved. And I was like, wow, this is like for 
those people who have tried everything and nothing worked. Like I was that person and then there was this. And I was like, oh my God. So this feels like this was another oh my God moment in my life and in my journey. Like, wow, this is incredible. So if that's not all working, definitely the somatic work. And that's kind of what brought me to what I do now. Um, I know I do a lot more like also spiritual stuff and energy healing, but the crux of what I like to do is really release everything for people that has not only been blocking them or stored in their body that may not even allow the supplements with the nutrition to work as well as it can because like I was like I was eating really clean and I know plenty of people who come to me like I'm eating clean what am I doing wrong and like I understand that frustration and for me it's like beautiful let's make sure we also take care of the emotional body so that everything we do nutrition wise and everything like that can work as it's supposed to and that's why I have practitioners like you on the show because my expertise is like the physical stuff so helping people to detox and heal their gut and balance the hormones and all of that but then I totally like acknowledge the impacts of stress and trauma and somatic work but I'm not the person to guide someone through that so that's why I have amazing practitioners like you on and I'm just wondering like in hindsight now that you're on the other side of all of those imbalances what do you think led to the the imbalances that you had in the first place why were you so sick was it a combination of diet and if you're happy to go into it what were some of the emotional energetic blocks that you had to break through I it was definitely a combo of physical and emotional we can start with physical like black when I had started having these symptoms I still ate gluten um I was still like I was in university like undergrad so I was like, drinking now I don't drink so you know I was away at school so there was a bit of partying I, I cleaned up what I ate a lot I feel like that made a huge difference um, and of course, like supplements, just making sure you have B12 and all those types of things. So there was physical work, but I would say, I don't want to say 50, 50, at least for me and for everyone that's going to vary. But I think for me, it was a lot of emotional because if it wasn't, it probably wouldn't bring me to where I am today in order to like help people heal. So a lot of the emotional energetic was like childhood trauma, shames, uh things that not feeling worthy enough not feeling good enough being a people pleaser poor boundaries not feeling like loved enough as a kid being bullied a lot in childhood like there there was kind of like a lot of stuff but I also think a lot of stuff is typical like it's it is a lot of things that a lot of women do kind of deal with um so that's kind of like the emotional stuff that I had to deal with but it's a lot of it's the fact that those emotions weren't properly expressed. And I think a lot of children aren't taught how to properly process anger. They're either, I know I was told like, stop crying. Why are you crying all the time? Stop sniveling. And so like, obviously that energy then got stored in your body. So I'm like, all right, it's not safe for me to express emotion. If I express emotion, I will be punished. I will be yelled at. I will be, and then so you push it down. And so it's not even necessarily the severity of, the individual like traumas it can be just the fact that you pushed it down and then that builds like a snowball from like when you were born and, and until an adult and I, I don't think you have kids right at the moment not yet <laughs> but I have a lot of uh, clients with kids yeah. yeah so I'm just thinking like for my future self as well I'm always like preparing in advance and trying to do as much work I know we're never going to be perfect and we're always going to mess our kids up and have they'll have trauma just with how they interpret the world but are we just men? Are, do you do you tell your clients to just let the um the children express all emotions? Because there's obviously it can get pretty crazy at times. Are they just allowed to like have a tantrum in the middle of the supermarket? Is that ideal? The problem is that people don't like the tantrum in the supermarket. 
because they get embarrassed because they have shame that their kid is yelling. There's actually nothing wrong with the kid yelling. It's like, oh, people are looking at me. They're labeling it as bad or wrong. When especially young kids, their emotional centers are just developing. They don't actually know what to do with all this emotion. And there we are like shaming it because it doesn't actually know. It's so young. Its brain is still developing to process emotion. So 100% in a healthy way. So let's say they have anger. Uh, don't go and like hit your brother or something like that. But they can punch a pillow. They can like, I'm angry because Joey didn't invite me to the party and whatever that is. But for them to vocalize and lose that energy, 100%. But we tend to push down things like anger and sadness and punish them for it, which then doesn't really serve them in the long run. And can you talk about the benefits of doing this work for yourself now before you have children? Because like we're reading that generational trauma can be passed down and and that emotion lives in the body, like you were saying. So um, this is a, a word of warning and like, praying to people to do the work before they have kids. And I think it's just going to help the whole experience anyway, that you're not as triggered as you may be right now. A hundred percent. Cause like you said, you do carry. So like what I absorbed is partly like my mom's stuff from when she, I was in her womb and absorbed that. So the less you have is always going to be better, but it's also going to make you more cognizant to raise a child who feels more safe in expressing their emotions and having more balanced emotional health. Because the more that you can also clear, I mean, yes, you're going to be less triggered in your day-to-day life, but you're also going to be more balanced parent. Because let's face it, parenting is not a joke. Parenting is a lot, becoming a parent. If your nervous system can heal by relieving some of the stuff you've gone through up until this point, your capacity to then be a parent will be that much greater. You will have more patience. You will have more understanding. You will have more compassion. Do you ever, so you said at the start, you tell people to sort the foundational things first, clean up your diet before they like embark on this journey. But are there ever, ever people who need to do the somatic and healing work before they can actually like change their diet? Because sometimes when I offer these enrollment calls to potential new clients, and sometimes I can just sense that they're not gonna actually follow through with what I'm saying. They're not gonna take the supplements or do the testing or see the results. So I like often turn people away and say, go to this practitioner first, do the work. And then if you're not fully like fixed because of that, then come back and we can do some more work. So do you have ever have that situation where some people actually need to start with that? My answer to that is if they're not willing to take the supplement and they are not going to be willing to do the emotional work, because that's a lot harder than popping a pill. So if they're not going to stick to something as easy as like, you know, every morning with breakfast, take your vitamin D, they're going to be a lot less unwilling to sit with the little girl inside of them who's still hurt and like have an emotional release. So in those cases, it's more of a, they don't want it for themselves. And it's about working on worthiness. Like, okay, why don't you feel worthy? Why do you feel like there's no point? And more of a, a limiting belief, emotional blockage so that you're creating the foundation to allow them to go deep. Cause if you don't do that, they're not going to go deep in the emotional work. Or like you said, you know, follow the supplement protocol or clean up their diet or whatever it is. But that is more like a worthiness issue. Mm. But no, I don't think if they don't need a supplement, I don't think they're going to sit and do the deeper work because that's a lot harder. They're going to be a pretty difficult client. So <laughs> yeah. And like, there's no really shame in that. Like go, like if you're not ready, you are not ready. I, I'm a very like authentic in saying that, like you do have to be willing to do it. And unfortunately, it does sometimes take people hitting a rock bottom. It takes people getting fed up in order to be willing to do it. I wish that wasn't the case, but 
for a lot of people, it is normally like a last resort. But we're also not going to wait for like a perfect time, are we, to get started there on some of this stuff because it's it doesn't exist. You'll be waiting. There, there is no perfect time. You might as well. You might as well start. And what is the difference if people are listening and they've tried regular therapy, counselling, CBT, that mm-hmm. sort of therapy, and they think like I don't need to do any more work because that's it? But let's say they're in a situation they still feel triggered. To me, that's a sign that they've still got some trauma living within them. So um, yeah, what's the difference and like the difference between somatic versus regular talk therapy that's more mainstream? I'm so glad you asked. So I'm going to say the issue. The issue with talk therapy is that it doesn't actually remove the trauma from your body. And while you talk about it, talking about it doesn't actually relieve or complete the trauma cycle all it does is bring it up again and then you don't release it and then you leave the session and walk out so you're not left feeling any better and that's why some people can go to therapy for like five ten years in the same issue but then you're not getting to the root because when you get to the root and you remove it it's no longer a trigger it doesn't need to be talked about it's just completely resolved and so that's where i see some of the obstacles are with talk therapy though it can be beneficial and really bring awareness I feel like a lot of people start to understand their childhood. They start to understand, oh, mom was like this. This makes sense why I respond this way. Beautiful. Go get that awareness, but then actually go and complete the cycle. Because if you're still working on something for like years, you're not actually getting to the root. And I would rather you get to the roots, you no longer have to to live with it. And that's the thing about talk therapy. It can just either re-traumatize and or not actually get rid of the root because it doesn't release the stored energy from your body. And when we undergo trauma, and just so your audience knows, trauma is just any time where your brain experiences more than three emotions at once. It can't process all of it at the same time. So you could be like fear, anger, and sadness all at the same time. It just splits. And so when it splits, that stored energy is in your body. When you go to talk therapy, you tell the story again, you experience the same three emotions, but it doesn't actually move out of your body. And then we're just, well, we're bringing these three down. We don't know what we can processing them all. All right, let's split it again. And then it gets stored again. Does that make sense? Yeah. And is it where, so when you've been through a trauma, is it where it's stored in the body? Um, does that reflect kind of the symptoms that manifest? So like say, like stores in the digestive system, do you then have digestive symptoms or does it depend on the type of trauma? if it's more linked to like relationships is it more likely to be stored somewhere in the body yes to both questions so like obviously things to do like if there's sexual trauma or relationship trauma that's going to be a lot of womb and cervix and fertility and hormones since we're talking about hormones but then like for gut that's a lot of people pleasing that's a lot of boundaries that's a lot of giving your power away then there's things like anger which is sort of in your jaw but anger is also sort of in your liver so if you have let out enough anger or you like repress anger then your liver is not going to detox properly so the wonderful protocol you're after detox is not actually going to work as the detox is working well for the physical but not for the emotional so like there are different i mean the energetic piece of everything there is something but there are there's patterns but there's also like individual like your left knee could hurt for a completely like separate reason or eczema depending on where the eczema is it's going to be kind of like a different route all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and with the different sides of the body, do you see that linking to feminine and masculine energy? I do. I do. Yeah, um, tell us more about that. Like, which side is which? Um, and yeah, some if you've got any like 
stories to share of clients experiencing anything like that? Oh, wow. There's a, there's been a lot because there's been hundreds, but let me, I'll, I'll start with the masculine and feminine. So your left side is your feminine, your right side is your masculine. So even thinking about if you break out on one side or another, if you break out on the right side of your face, like, are you too much in your masculine? Have you been too much like hustle grinding, not relaxing enough? Um, things like that. You know, even ovaries wise, if you have a problem with the right over your left over, you sit on one versus the other, like that can be a good education. Feminine energy, ooh, where did it to begin? And can I just look at the, the side? So if it's like on your, you said right side is masculine. Could it sometimes be that you're, is it more like you're too much in your masculine or not enough? Like, how would you know the difference? Too much in your masculine. Okay. I mean, I've never met, I've never actually met a woman who was not enough. <laughs> yeah. I've never met our culture. We were just, like right the other way. <laughs> we definitely get more of our feminine. But I was thinking that like, I don't think I ever have. And it's just like a byproduct of, the culture we were in society we grew up in and what was ingrained in us and a lot of like the common limiting beliefs and projections and structures that we all grew up with that we tend to be more in our masculine or wounded masculine if you will um but yeah that's the, those are the different sides and wounded masculine is very like perfectionism hyper body focused hyper direction focused which basically means like career or obsessed with like getting promotions or excelling too much um Poor boundaries, low self-esteem, all those kinds of things. And is that in a, a male or female? So wounded masculine in a female. A male will be a whole separate conversation. Mm -hmm. you, you always have aspects of both masculine energy and feminine energy, whether you're a man or a woman. But you want to have a healthy balance of both. You don't want completely in your feminine. You don't want completely in your masculine. It's just so many women are definitely not enough in their feminine, let alone like having a healthy masculine. And they're just burnt out, which it, as you know, when you're burnt out, that affects your adrenals, which affects your hormones. And we're raised in society, like be productive, hustle, grind. I mean, I think now the conversation started to change a lot, like where rest is productive and nourish yourself, which is so great kind of over the last six months to a year, but definitely feminine energy is something that will really help your hormones. If you can bring into it just from the, perspective of feminine is very slow feminine is very nourishing feminine is very receiving and we tend to as women have a lot of outward energy a lot of like give we go to work we come back let's work out let's clean the house let's take the dog out it, it's very outward versus very inward and receiving we don't often take the time that we need to slow down and then when we get into our masculine you know that's a very fight or flight response for us because we're not usually in it for a healthy amount of time. It's like we're in it and we're grinding and we're going and we go, go, go to the fact that your system is then in fight or flight, which I'm sure you know, then affects your hormones. It affects your skin, your gut, your fertility, your cycle, your PMS and all of that. Yeah, it's something I've definitely been working on. Um, and I, I started off my practice specializing in PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, because it's what it's like the first diagnosis that I had. And um, I think it's just on the rise. And partly, I think, because of this masculine energy and this masculine culture that we're all in. So there's definitely a, a blood sugar, insulin, gut health component with that condition. But I've definitely seen it in myself. And I've really been working on more of that feminine energy the past few years. But for someone who's brand new to this, like, how do they start with the um, promoting the feminine energy some more? Slow down and get comfortable being slower and doing less. A lot of the clients who come to me, if I tell them to just sit for 15 minutes and do nothing, they're like, what? 
Like no podcast, no book, no TV, no scrolling, just sit. For so many women, that is hard. And then see where you can build more slowness into your day, especially giving yourself something at the beginning of the day versus rushing into your day with an outward energy. And I think that also comes down to like, well, then I'm doing less, I'm not getting as much done. But no, that's just your conditioning that like, go, go, go get stuff done because you believe if I get stuff done, either I'll be loved, I'll be accepted, I'll achieve something versus that actually being a core desire. Your core desire is to receive. So can you sit down and do nothing? Can you receive from the shower in the morning? Can you slow down your walk versus needing to be productive all the time? Maybe you go for a walk and there is no podcast, there is no music and you're just with your thoughts. So many people can just be with their thoughts. And if that, you're like, oh, I couldn't do that. This is a sign slow down or even how often do you find yourself saying should oh I should just do another hour of work today oh I should just get this done on the weekends on my head I should just do this I should just do that you know where are you operating from shoulds in a way that's depleting your energy instead of nourishing your energy and then really start asking like what would feel nourishing for me today and something that I've noticed with the work that I've been doing is that my relationship with food also my body has improved as a result without me directly even focusing on that so before like the, the thing that got me sick to begin with was over exercising and trying to I was trying to eat healthily but it was really just diet culture that got in my head honestly um, and then with my body I was previously as a teenager influenced by like media more and trying to look like the celebrities and all of that whereas now that I'm healthier and more in my feminine I'm definitely not perfect and I like what, what you just said about the podcasts and constantly having something in your ears is something that I'm still working on but even my body image and my relationship to my body and food has changed as a result so why is that I always say this, your relationship with food is a relationship to the feminine. And that's because a lot of people, food is something that's easily controlled and easily manipulated for like people in their day-to-day life. So it's easy for them to get perfectionism or hyper-focused on that. Especially from like a negative standpoint, like you were saying, whether it's like diet culture or restriction. And I can't tell you how many people start eating more and like restricting less and like end up either losing weight, like feeling better in their body having their cycle come back, having healthy hormones. And it's because of when you're in your feminine, you're very connected to yourself in a loving way. There's a lot of self-love there. And a poor relationship with food usually comes from shame, guilt, not feeling enough and pushing down emotion. But when you heal your trauma, then your body is not no longer going to go to food for that dopamine hit to feel better because it wants to feel better. And if you're not going to deal with the emotions with like, well, food can do that temporarily for me, or I can control the food, or I can maybe receive the love, praise, recognition, especially because, hey, when unfortunately in society, when we either lose weight or look a certain way, people are like, oh, wow, you look amazing. You love weight. Oh, wow, this. Like, no one's like, wow, you're, you're glowing. Maybe you're pregnant. But other than that, do you know what I mean? It's not really reinforced. And so when you're still craving that love and desire, like externally, food is a great way to kind of give that to you but when you're in your feminine that love comes from within and it's no longer a search for externally it definitely happened with me all the the compliments just made things a million times worse and even though I I looked fitter and healthier I I was never overweight to begin with but I definitely lost some body fat um and quote I hate that term toned up but maybe that's what they were thinking um but inside I had 
crippling anxiety. My digestion was a mess. My period stopped. Um, and I was probably hiding a ton of acne on my face with makeup. So the compliments, yes. even though they were trying to be nice, they like, let's start complimenting people on some other things, not just physical appearance. Yeah. And it, like you said, there is no way to live. I remember like I, back in the day, way back was the same in terms of like restrictive 1200 calorie diets, et cetera. And it's, you're right. It is crippling anxiety. It is. But when you feel like that's the only thing you can control or that's the only way that you're going to feel good or give yourself that love, I, 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 I get the pattern. But like it is time to like let's actually sit with the parts of ourselves that we're trying to push down that we've labeled as like bad, raw, or shameful, whether it's our actual body parts, the size, other things about us, etc. Let me ask you a quick question. Where do you want to be in six months' time? Do you want to be more energized, feeling comfortable in your skin again, excited for life because you finally started to see improvements with your health? Or do you want to still be frustrated and depressed because you're still struggling with symptoms that are taking over your life and stopping you from living to the full? If you want the first option, you have to do something different. After all, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over again and expecting a different result. If you're currently DIYing your health, meaning trying to heal yourself through researching, trial and error, and wasting a lot of money and time in the process, then you could actually be sabotaging your results. Would you try and fix your car yourself if it was broke and you didn't know what was wrong with it? No. So why are you trying to do it all alone when it comes to your the most important thing that we have, which is your health? Trust me, actually asking for help and investing in yourself saves you time, money, and a lot of stress in the long run. I know you're probably not getting any answers or support from your doctor. I've been there too. But that's why I created my six-month root cause relief package. This one-to-one package offers the highest level of support and transformation because you'd be working closely with me to help identify and address underlying root causes of your health issues. Even if you're already eating healthily, taking some supplements, there's so much more to healing, so don't feel like you've tried everything. Let me help you figure out what's causing your stubborn symptoms which support and support your body in healing naturally which in case no one has ever told you, is completely possible. Check out my website, which is linked in the episode show notes for more info. And there's also a link there to book in a free 20-minute enrollment call so that we can chat further about your unique situation and goals and see if it would be a good fit for us to work together. If you've been looking for a sign, this is it. And I also find that I just know what works better for my body now. I've become more intuitive. I think, as again, as I got healthier, my gut health is better and therefore my brain health is clearer um, and just, again, relaxing more into the feminine, listening to myself. I now know what foods work for my body and what type of exercise to do rather than listening to external sources. So I, I know that you're very intuitive um, and you have this as part of your work, that spiritual side as well. Um, how did that develop? And yeah, how does it help you in your practice? Oh, wow. I'm going to keep the calls notes for the spiritual one as well. But essentially with the beginning of like 2020, I call it like my spiritual awakening. And I think through healing my trauma, I became more connected to myself. And then I became very spiritual in that sense. But it was mainly more of a coming back to myself that allowed me to really connect with my intuition. 
Because when you have a lot of noise from outside society and projections and everything like that, it's difficult to be in tune because your brain is being like, I don't know, but I saw Sally's what I eat in a day and she eats this like 100 calorie wrap. So I should watch that, but you're not going to be tuned in because you think that's what you should be doing. When you have a healed relationship with food, sure, if you want to, I don't get recipe inspiration, that's great. But the intuitive part is important and how it changes the game for me is it'll, it allows me to see clear for me and for my patients and kind of like my clients. So it's going to be very hard to tap into that intuition if you're not connected to your feminine energy because that's kind of like the the well, if you will, the, the spring that kind of connects you to your intuition. But it's also, we spend so long going against our intuition. Even when you think of like, your body's telling you it wants food, and you're restricting and saying, well, no, it needs to be skinny. Well, it's like, well, why is it going to keep giving you messages if you're not listening to it? You probably spent a long time not listening to your body. It's going to take a little bit of time if you practicing listening to it, giving it what it needs. Obviously, your brain needs to see proof. And then being like, oh, my body said it wanted more protein today. Beautiful. I'm going to give it protein or I'm going to give it more sweet potato. I want more grounding, whatever it is. Oh, and look, I feel so good. All right, I can trust my intuition. And you it's like really building back that trust within yourself after you've given it externally for probably so long. And how do we yeah, how do we differentiate though sometimes between intuition and ego or like anxiety? So if someone's saying like, um, you need to quit your job or you need to go here, how do we know whether which one to listen to? So intuition is very calm and there's not really an emotional response. It's like a gut feeling. So a very motivating with an ego or that or the anxiety, the motivating principle behind it will be that of lack or scarcity. You know, oh, you shouldn't eat that because you'll get fat or you shouldn't say that because they're not going to like you anymore. Do you see how like the, the motivating principle behind it is something of like lack, scarcity, fear, shame, guilt, like that won't happen. When it's, it's also that, like that energy behind it as well. Whereas the other one that you say is just cal- like a calm knowing exactly and just ask yourself like hmm, like what's what's really behind this like what's motivating this thought is it fear is it shame is it guilt and how do we strengthen our intuition is it just about crowding out the noise or are there any practices that we can do i mean drowning out the noise i think you think sounds simple but i would really like drown out the noise the opinions of others social media do a detox and really start asking yourself basic things and like listening to it even if it's like hmm what do i want for breakfast today I really want this and listening to that. Hmm. What do I want to do with Saturday? Do I want to go for a walk? It sounds simple, but it's about building up that trust. Just like you build trust in any relationship. This is just the relationship with yourself, but it's easier to start with more. I would say like basic things, depending on maybe what you struggle with. Maybe the food thing isn't so basic for you. Maybe it is like the walk, whatever it is, but building that trust up so that you will then start to know the different voices in your head which is intuition, which is not, which is like more fear or ego or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it ties into feminine energy again because we often just get regimented doing the same thing every single day. Like I have this for breakfast, I work out at this time. And that is a very like masculine way of being just to to do the same things. But we're on this 28 average day cycle as women, unlike the 24 hour cycle that men are on. So yeah, I think just listening day to day based on how you how you slept, what you've got on for the day, how stressed you are, where you're at in your menstrual cycle could also like 
change the type of decision that you make so what you have for breakfast or what type of workout you do you can really switch it up and it's about like really allowing like a masculine structure for your feminine to then flow so it's like okay i want to move my body in some way that's the masculine structure what i'm going to choose if that's a walk pilates yoga i don't know hit that's like where your feminine can then flow but a lot of people also don't have this space because they jam pack their schedule so much that there is no flow time and it's like i'm gonna do this i'm right here shower quickly and it's like oh my god no wonder there isn't actually space that's another thing like add space to your calendar add buffer time especially so that you're not kind of like operating too much in a, in a go 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 so that you can actually ask yourself those intuitive questions and then allow some flow and then not making that as bad or wrong or judging yourself like well I really don't feel like going to the gym you know I should go because blah 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 like your body is kind of like telling you you know it's working with your body rather than against it or work with your hormones rather than against it because we have like different superpowers and benefits based on where we're at in the cycle so we can make the most of them Oh, yeah, follicular phase, totally different than like what you're bleeding. <laughs> you're going to be, I don't want to say like a different person, but like a different version of you. And that's okay. But I think sometimes people shame themselves. It's nothing to do with consistency. If you're not like having the same motivation to like, when you're bleeding, you may not want to go run a 5K. That's okay. Again, not labeling it as bad or wrong or judging or shaming yourself and offering compassion to your body. Because even going back to like the emotional work, I would rather you do something that makes you feel good than do something you think is better for your body, but is full of shame and guilt. Let's say you're eating healthy meal because you hate your body and you want to be skinny for summer. It's like you're eating shame because you like you hate your body. I'd rather you, I don't know, have some chocolate without some shame that's actually going to do more for your body than just eating healthy out of shame. So whether that's working out and whatever you're doing, the motivation behind it is going to be so powerful as well. And then you're not going to store worse emotions in your body you know yeah love that I, I say that something similar with my clients who have food intolerances I work a lot with like histamine reactions and food sensitivities and all of that and I tell them that if they're sitting down to eat the meal and they're fearful they're anxious they're worried that they're going to get stomach ache or breakouts after eating it they probably will because of the power of the mind so why not change that up and go into the meal grateful about the journey that the food's been on and the fact that you can access organic produce and how the food's going to help you heal your skin and gut etc i think like a lot of people do not realize like how powerful they are or how even powerful the manifester they are i would like to say every, you're constantly manifesting you are a powerful manifester however you're probably focusing on what you don't want rather than what you do want so it's not that you're not a good manifester. It's just that, like you said, you're focusing on like, oh no, I think I'm going to, you know, get bloated after this meal. There's a degree of like, you are affirming that. So that's what's going to happen. So like, yeah, I just, I love that you said that. And I love that you do that too. It's like negative, negative attraction into some like positive stuff because yeah, your brain is powerful. Um, and I know that you've manifested a lot um your healing and your business stuff and success and everything along the way so yeah could you talk about for someone who's brand new to manifesting law of attraction like what are they um and yeah what should we know wow okay so you are always attracted anything and everything in life whether you wanted it or not and i know some people are like oh that's 
kind of woo-woo. There is scientific backing behind it. I mean, there's like tons of articles, like research studies that kind of back up manifesting, but essentially you are always attracting what's in front of you into your 3D, into your reality. So really start to think about what is it that you want to bring in and where are you currently perhaps emitting a frequency or emitting an energy that's not a match for that. You know, where are you being, you, you want to feel great in your body, but you spend most of your day, you know, thinking negatively about it when that's going to bring more like negative energy to it. So just think about where are your dominant thoughts and that's, what's going to attract things in. You are a magnet. So you want to be emitting like as much positive energy, like love, etc. And that doesn't mean spiritually bypassing where you don't validate your emotions. It more just means your ability to refocus and not stay stuck on things suck all the time. This is negative. This is going on in my job. There's a recession. There's this, there's that. You have the option to focus on that, or you could re-switch to something more positive. And then the more positive you are, the more you can attract it. I like, it's like tuning into a radio station. If you want to listen to salsa music on 1025, but you're tuned into 99.9, which plays heavy metal, and you're like, all I hear is heavy metal. Why am I hearing heavy metal all the time? Not realizing you're the one who controls the dial on the radio station. So you're complaining about the heavy metal music, not realizing you have to switch it to the salsa if that's what you want to actually bring in. That's a really good analogy. I love that one. Um, and something that a lot of people want more of, but often have a bad relationship with is money. So could you talk mm-hmm. about the connection with everything that we've just discussed, um, feminine energy, manifestation, law of attraction, health, and the the relationship and link with money? I mean, I can talk for hours about that. But <laughs> I love your questions. I just feel like, ooh, we could do an episode on each of these. I but <laughs> I love talking about money because I feel like, well, A, a lot of people don't like talking about it or it's like taboo, but B, there are people who have so many limiting beliefs around money that if I can help more women feel more empowered with money and realize, you know, what's possible for them, I definitely want to. So again, it's also with back to the focusing and looking at what are your limiting beliefs about money? What do you believe about money? And if you believe those things, well, then that's what's going to happen to you. If you believe it's hard to earn money, that's what's going to happen. If you believe money comes to you easily, that's what's going to happen. But again, a lot of us have either money traumas or money limiting beliefs that we grew up with from our parents, depending on like what kind of family dynamic we grew up in, how mom and dad felt around money. Was money always available? Was it not? Did they have to work hard for money? Did they have things that they programmed into us when we were little? Because when our subconscious mind is developing, when we're really young, we are a sponge. So we absorb everything our parents said. And when I say parents, it could also be whoever raised you or whoever you grew up with. But if they said, you know, it's so hard to make money, you're going to have to work really hard to make money. Make sure you work really hard to make money. Money doesn't grow on trees or rich people are greedy or rich people are bad. Then your childhood brain goes, oh, rich is greedy, rich is bad. Okay, I don't want to be that because you want to be loved by mom and dad. So then no wonder you're like repelling it when you're an adult or no wonder you feel like you have to work hard for it. No. Keep in mind, it's we all work, but it's not necessarily equal to how hard you work and how much money you make. Because I guarantee there are millions of people who work very, very hard and unfortunately don't make money. So if that was true, then that like that absolute just doesn't exist in our in our universe. In our it's like not a law. So that's what I would really say is really start to peel back kind of your relationship with money. Like how do I feel about money? 
Like, what did mom and dad say growing up? How does this maybe showing up in my day-to-day life? And where do I maybe need to go and, and release those traumas and, and work on those aspects? Because I always have to say, I'm not special. You know, I didn't, I didn't grow up really poor, but I definitely don't come from like a millionaire, a billionaire family. So a lot of the money work I've done, I've grown my business from like, I have an episode on this, $236 per month to like where it is now. And that's all through the money work that I've done on myself. So I was like, it, it's possible. It's possible for me. It's possible for you to have to kind of clean up your money beliefs and really start to think, am I scarce with money? Do I have, you know, a fight or flight response with money? Like what is your nervous system response to money? Do you avoid looking at your bank account? And you know, if your nervous system doesn't feel safe with money and it's jacked and it just freaks out looking at your bank account, well then money's not gonna wanna come to you. If you're a stage five cleaner with money and you're hoarding it, no, we've all dated a cleaner. No one wants that energy. So money's not gonna come to you, right? But it's about bringing that safety into your nervous system. I don't know, I could go on for this for hours, but- No, I love this. I'm really into the education as well because I find that a lot of, the education is usually for men again and it's very like you need to do this you need to have a plan you need to have a business plan and I never did any of that <laughs> and I'm good that can be true but even tying into the feminine energy what you said we have so much magic that you could do it the masculine way and I'm not saying it wouldn't somewhat work but I remember I was trying to make money the masculine way it definitely was not working for me and when I went to my feminine I mean exponentially more working less, feeling calmer, not feeling like I had to grind all the time. Like, why wouldn't you want that? That sounds a lot better. We're just like, we are not wired to work like men. So why would we? Like, we don't have to. We're both equal, but we're kind of like, we work differently. Just like our cycles work differently, 24 hour cycle versus 28 day cycle. So is our energy and we get to use our strength, like our feminine energy to receive money in a different way. And that's beautiful. We could work like men, but at the expense of our hormones, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I, I was so worried about it. I was like, why is this working my business? I'm like, oh, oh. And I think it just wasn't meant for me to work out like that. And yeah, you said it, it's going to burn your adrenals. It's going to burn your hormones. It's going to probably make you anxious. So we need to like find our limiting beliefs or our relationship with money, have a think about it. And if you do have beliefs like money is bad you need to find evidence that the opposite is true think of all of the charities and the good things that you could do if you had money um the other classic one is money doesn't grow on trees well technically it does because money comes from paper and paper uh, is from trees <laughs> uh, that's true it does technically <laughs> you have to like rewire your brain and it, it will take time it will take repetition it's not just going to clear overnight although sometimes trauma can be shifted very quickly especially the somatic forms but yeah we've just been ingrained with these beliefs for decades now a lot of us so we we need to be patient when trying to change things over and not beat ourselves up if we don't overnight have a brand new relationship with our bodies or food or money yeah it's really about like the refocus i like to say don't harm on yourself if you get out of focus just oh refocus oh that's it. Just, every moment is an opportunity to refocus. And like you said, there it might be generational stuff, like even with the relationship with food, whatever. We grew up with a mom maybe who didn't love her body, who was always on diets. Like there's people really underestimate how much of an influence like parents have on like your deep coding and programming or whoever like you see you spent your dominant time with. Like it's massive in all aspects of your life. Even going back to feminine energy, like and money, like my mom's definitely not in her feminine. 
Like I don't know. So like that was probably very modeled to me to like, I want to be my masculine and you know, I need to work hard, I need to do this, I need to do that. And so like there's even modeling with feminine energy, there's modeling with money, there's modeling relationship with food. And like again, this is no shame to the parents, obviously. I always like to say that it's no fault of them. They're probably doing the best that they can, or they're doing what they learned from their parents. This is more about bringing awareness and like breaking the pattern for yourself and future generations. So with a, I want to talk about relationships now, because that's another thing that can affect our health massively. So with, I'm just thinking with your relationship, if you're trying to like optimize things as much as possible before you have kids and you want to do the best that you can to raise a healthy, happy family, um, what are some of the things that you do in your relationship um, to keep that polarity between masculine and feminine? And yeah, any other relationship advice? Um, trying to, I'm just talking like, again, heterosexual relationship. Um, the men's brains are different and men's bodies and hormone cycles as we spoke about are different so yeah what do we need to know about communicating with partners and relationships especially like woman to man so the biggest thing is that you need to be in your feminine obviously in a relationship if you're being with a, a male because we're talking about heterosexual even if you're in your masculine at work, making sure at the end of the day, there's some sort of anchor, there's something that you can do to bring you back into your feminine. However, it's also going to be hard to be in your feminine if you are shaming, emasculating men, which looks like nagging them. You didn't undo the dishwasher. Why haven't you done this yet? You never buy flowers for me. You never planned it. That doesn't foster an energy that makes a man want to do things for you because all you're doing is making them feel like they're not enough. And if we think about a little kid and I'm like yes they're still very similar if you tell the kid like how bad they are that makes them kind of hide in the corner that doesn't make them want to do things for you same thing with the man because at the end of the day we, we all have inner child that are still being nourished and so when you're shaming them it doesn't really create a safe space for them to really lead and rise but also with the communication aspect like are you creating a space where they can safely communicate with you and be heard and not judged a lot of the times people are like they, they, men will communicate with them like, but you and me feel like this and the blah, blah, blah. All right. Like that might be true, but if they don't feel like they can communicate with you and be heard, just like if you felt like you wouldn't be heard, it, it's not really going to work. It's going to be like talking at something, but nothing's ever going to really like receive for each other. But again, if you then are nagging them and that's where the communication is, it's like the energy of what you're doing it. If you would say that to a child, like don't talk that way to your partner. So if you would like, Tell a child, oh, look, you didn't think you're going to do that before breakfast. It's not like you're going to say that to like your husband, your partner. And so really just becoming aware of like the language that you use. And if there's any kind of shaming and emasculating will allow him to then be in his masculine more. Because when you are shaming and emasculating, that's a very mothering energy and mothering energy is masculine. You're meant to receive. And I know you're saying, well, but he might not do things if I don't, like, you don't ask him to do it. Or he's probably not doing them even if you're nagging him, but you're you would be surprised. There's gonna be a little bit of like space between when you start changing behavior and when he changes, you have to allow for a bit of space. We're not talking years or months, but like give it a week or two from when you start, and it will shift the energy. It will make him want to do things for you. But you have to like start like looking at your language first and looking at where you are hopping into that more masculine role. Like, oh, I don't know. I, I see these things on Instagram where it's like, it's a reel and a lot of people are doing it where the the woman asks the guy to like do the vacuuming and then you see the reel, the woman vacuuming and the guy comes in and is like, 
when she asked him to do the vacuuming. And I'm like, great, you're mothering him. You just told him that he should do like the vacuuming. I'm like, this is a perfect example. <laughs> perfect like, example. Like you you leave it, but you have to you have to stay in that buffer zone for it to work. You have to be willing to not jump in right away. Which is easily and done because you're like, oh, I could just do it quicker. Like it'll take me five minutes, but then you've just like lost the point, really. And also, like I feel when men sometimes do things for women, they don't necessarily appreciate it in a way that they could. It's like, well, thank you. We're like, honey, like thank you so much for cleaning the kitchen last night. Like it was so nice for me to come down from my calls and just have a clean kitchen like that really meant a lot to me versus like not even making eye contact about thanks for being in the kitchen like that's very different energy if any, anything's going to motivate someone it's that like eye contact like thank you so much like he's going to want to do that because men want, men want to lead they want to provide they want to support they're like oh okay she loved that they got like it is positive reinforcement like it is but it's in a genuine, very heartfelt kind of way. So don't do that from a big way. Like do it when it's genuine and heartfelt, but like really communicating that because they may not know. And, and that's kind of like what I might say, like my top thing is to start working on in terms of a relationship. And I heard the other day on a podcast or something that um, it's women who tend to like improve themselves based on criticism. Like if someone told you like, oh, you didn't do great on this, like you would work harder at it. Whereas men are the opposite. They, they just shut down. Complete opposite. So if you tell them, like, they just want to do the opposite. It's so, and that's true for like, every man. They just want to do the opposite. So even though if you have male versus female children, you can also know that different way that to parent. But if we just respond differently. Well, we hear like, oh, that makes us like, we're not good enough. Let's like, work on it. They're, they shut down. They're like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm out. We're like, so, we're going to go to therapy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. <laughs> So yeah, big difference with male and female brains, but we never get taught this this sort of stuff. So that's why I have guests like you on. <laughs> but before I let you go, I have a few final questions that I like to ask my guests. So the first one is, what's something that you're into lately? It could be like a Netflix show. It could be something health related, a book that you're reading. I really like cold plunges lately. Mm-hmm. I know it's like not super new, but like I really like, well, contrast if you can, but like the cold, it just, it's so invigorating and it's really good for your nervous system. It's a great way to tone your vagus nerve doing something physical. So I really like whether you do cold plunge, like I do cold shower, I don't have a cold plunge in my house yet, manifesting. Um, so I really like, I really like cold plunges. Yeah, same here. I, I actually went for like, it's freezing cold here in England at the moment, but Last week or the week before, I went to um, a lake nearby and did a lake dip, and it was so cold. But that night, my sleep was just amazing. Like I didn't wake up once. Like I have an aura ring, so it tells me my recovery and everything. My HRV, so my sign of recovery, was higher than it's ever been in ages. And in the moment, I hated it. It's kind of like an analogy with therapy or somatic work maybe that in the moment it's like the worst thing ever and you just want to get out of it but then on the other side you you get so many benefits so I'm into that as well it's so good and it builds resiliency too because it teaches your brain that you can do hard things so true do you have a book recommendation on it could be on any of the subjects that we've discussed today or a fiction one I don't actually read fiction. So I'm going to give you one that I think like, a lot of humans should just read and it's Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. The little science 
but I feel you can take your time digesting it or read a chapter at a time, but it really just shows you the power of your body, the power of healing. Like you can go look into his journey about how he healed, um, like a miraculous recovery and everything like that. But I just feel like it's a really good understanding of how supernatural you and your body is. And when you understand that, whether it's manifesting or healing, like I feel like it really ties together everything we've talked about today and kind of if you're skeptical about manifesting or like the woo-woo, this gives you like the quantum physics behind it. And you're like, oh, cool. Like that's how it works. And then maybe then your brain can wrap around it better. So becoming supernatural. One's on my bedside table, ready to go. I think that's going to be the next one that I choose. <laughs> Great. I can't wait for that one. Um, what's something that you can't, can't live without? So it could be a food, a supplement, a product, kitchen gadget. Electrolytes. Really? <laughs> That sounds simple, no, but like really, if I were to think about one thing, I cannot go a day without one. I don't really consider supplement, though it could be, is electrolytes because so many people, especially adrenal health-wise, something like that, like we're not getting actually enough electrolytes, especially like if you find you're peeing all the time, not absorbing water, whether it's headaches or cravings or brain fog, like a lot of us don't have a proper electrolyte imbalance. I feel like that's like a game changer. Yeah, well, we should be getting them just daily from our water and our food but because everything is so deficient and because we have these like busier lifestyles we're just burning through them so it makes sense that he's like obsessed with them it's because we need them and i'm like big into mineral balancing i'm actually like running a mineral course at the moment so i can totally understand the physiological impacts of that it's a great choice very last question Liv, is where can people find you online so the different products that you offer social media your podcasts etc i'll obviously link them in the show notes but yeah just give us an overview you can find me at keep up with live on instagram my podcast is the live well podcast i would say just come over to my instagram learn more things we can always connect further there if you have any questions but that's probably the best two ways to find me amazing and this has been so fun and yeah if you you want to come on and do a deep dive into each of those subjects you're you're free to come back on we'll see what the people say and if they want another episode but yeah it's great to connect with you it's been amazing and thank you for your time you too thank you so much i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did i would love for you to leave me a rating and review on your podcast app as this helps to support the show and it allows it to reach more people with this valuable information. Come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm at Viva Natural Health. And if you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for tons more free resources and to discover how I could support you further. I currently offer one-on-one -on -one consultation packages if you want my top level support, then more affordable group programs and self-paced online courses. So there really is something for everyone. If you're ready to change and get some answers but aren't sure which option would be best, take that first step today and apply for a free enrollment call on my website and we'll discuss the best steps for you to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you back here next week for another episode.